Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, we got to get back to being who we are uh, as a football team. Not so much just offense or defense, but we've made too many mistakes. We've had uh, turnovers, uh, penalties. If you go back and look at the times that we've been here, um, the identity of our team has always been tough and physical and smart and uh, not beating ourselves. And so we're going to have to fix that. Yeah, well, there's a, a long road to potentially fix that. Welcome into Purple Daily. Uh, we're going to welcome in our friend Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus for our nerd football segment of the week. But uh, Declan Goff, Corona Hard Seltzer is your friend as a Vikings fan this season. Yeah, you, Drink you want, responsibly, I might add. You but. want to talk about being tough, Mike Zimmer. I think Corona Hard Seltzer, right? And I'm sure Zimdog feels the same way. And I know he loves me calling him Zimdog. So I, I bet he's a big fan of the blackberry lime, the lime, the mango, the cherry. He loves all the Corona Hard Seltzers. And this month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Oh, yeah, Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavors that allow you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free, Mike Zimmer. Relax responsibly, Corona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Get those nerds! 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 Football. And welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing. And our guest for this week's nerd football segment of the week is Eric Eager, uh, friend of the show for a long time. He's been at Pro Football Focus for a number of years now. And, and we're going to just we're going to get to this. We're going to play a clip that we found of you just going <laughs> hot take bonkers. But we're going to play a little teaser clip, and we're going to get to this later in the show. This team sucks, and they are going to suck the rest of the year. And not only that, <laughs> unlike teams like the Chargers, unlike teams like the Dolphins, the Vikings have no plan B at quarterback. You are going to have to watch Kirk Cousins run out the string on a 3-13 team. That sucks. I'm sorry, Vikings fans. I try to tell you. <laughs> Just bringing the heat. I think I you it. spoke for a lot of people after this 0-2 start, Eric. <laughs> you know, the, it sucks because they're the, the bet the Vikings made two, three years ago when they went out and got Kirk Cousins, like those the deck is shuffled so much differently now, right? And and I think like the hardest part of this entire thing was they they built this team around a defense 
and you know they and Kirk was supposed to be this like you know I think about defense if you think about sports betting I think about to win the Super Bowl with the defense is like a five team parlay right you need to make sure that everything works or else the whole bet is is broken up and Kirk was kind of that like that extra like minus 400 money line that you put in there that just juices it up a little bit but it, it but in reality like now every, you know on defense like so many of those things went away that the entire thing flops even though some of the parts are great and now they're left with like you know now they're left in this purgatory here where you know the last time i think about it, it was like 2013 was the last time they were either a not good or b had nothing really to look forward to and i feel like vikings fans that's like a depressing thing for them moving forward so in, in these first two games the eye test has been terrible like if you just sat down and watched these games it's been bad but eric you delve into a realm that goes beyond that and, and actually goes into the why and and looks at things that we probably don't on a daily basis when we're trying to examine why the vikings are so bad look at from that analysis analytical standpoint how bad have these first two games been? I mean, it's, I mean, the, the passer rating often is like a flawed stat, but when you look at it in the extremes, it makes a lot of sense. So like Kirk was like twice as bad as a quarterback who just would have dropped back and thrown the ball into the dirt, every possession, you know, every play um, against the Colts. And you know, that, that obviously you don't need any more there um, against green Bay. It was a little bit tricky, right? Because in the second half of that game, in fact, you know, he had some statistics that were second to only Aaron Rodgers, uh, his opponent in that game in the second half of the game. But if you look at sort of when these games are being won and lost Kirk cousins and the Vikings passing offense is dumping a half of an expected point every single time they drop back to throw. And a lot of that is interceptions, but a lot of that is taking sacks, right? Sacks are worth two points to the defense every single time they happen. And in fact, literally worth two points in two cases uh, for the Vikings so far uh, this year. So, you know, there, there were some positives you could take from the offense in week one, um, but there were almost none in week two. And, and it's just, it's exactly what we talked about this off season when they don't have a lead and when they're not, and when they're facing a quarterback on the opposite side, they can go toe to toe with them. You know, the defense is going to respect play action less. They're going to, you know, Kirk is not going to be able to, sneak up on defenses anymore and with their best player now playing in Buffalo and making Josh Allen look like an NFL quarterback it's just a recipe for disaster so all right we can we can circle back on some of the like how bad was it and more of the analytical deep dive but I I think we should just sort of get into the filet mignon here from Eric Eager gotta rip that bandit off aren't you there is an article on profootballfocus.com in which you reference the quarterback you think the you mentioned in that clip we played that the Vikings don't have a plan B at quarterback and then you wrote about the quarterback you think the Vikings should trade for so go ahead sir the floor is yours <laughs> there are there's one player I think in the entire NFL that can have a positive impact on the Vikings um Everybody else is either going to cost them too much because they're strapped um, or is going to require, you know, a, a draft capital that they don't have. But Jameis Winston was had this offseason for basically $1 million guaranteed, and I think $3 million total if he you know reaches a certain amount, things like that. That's something the Vikings can afford. He's not going to require a first or second round pick. Um, because the New Orleans Saints have already invested a ton of money in both Drew Brees and also Taysom Hill. And the Vikings have two third-round picks, two fourth-round picks, a number of picks in that sort of range. 
Jameis Winston, and I, you know, I bet him to win the passing yardage total last year, and he did. He also threw for 30 interceptions, so there's a lot of variance there. But when, when you're bad, and the Vikings are bad, variance is your best friend. Because, you know, with Kirk Cousins, you sort of, and I wrote this, and I think the quote was, known mediocrity is worse than an unknown when you're bad. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, unfortunately for the Vikings, is a known average commodity. And that, to me, I don't think can win football games when your upcoming opponents are Ryan Tannehill, who led the league in passing last year, Deshaun Watson, who's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. They have Rodgers again. They have two Staffords. They have Bridgewater. They have Minshew, who I'll take over Kirk today. Uh, you know, and then they have Brady, uh, Breeze. You know, they, they have a ton of quarterbacks for whom Kirk on his – Maybe his best day can beat him, but it does. Jameis Winston, I think, is the only is a quarterback who can make things interesting for Minnesota. All right, Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. All right, we have to we have to pull you over and at least investigate what's happening in the vehicle here. So the take is that the Vikings should trade for Jameis Winston, uh, Judge Judd Zolged. What are your thoughts? Well, o- I need Officer Judd Zolged. <laughs> um, I need to hear more. I need to hear more about why Winston would be a good a- acquisition. But beyond that, I need to hear this. Aren't the Vikings? Better off allowing nature for 2020 to take its course. So let me let me piggyback off that for a second because I'm I'm in that camp, and then I think the best thing that could happen. And I, and by the way, judging by a lot of the feedback that we're getting from our Vikings vent line episode on Sunday, and the is the season over episode of Purple Daily yesterday, this is the first time in a long time that it feels like 80 to 90 percent of Vikings fans aren't even really fighting it anymore. That it's just like, oh, those weren't even close losses. Oh no, the NFC's loaded. Yeah, this doesn't look right. There's 15 rookies. Like, I feel like you've got more people on board the acceptance train in 2020 than you have in a decade. Here. Cousins, though, flat out has never been as unpopular as he is right now. Like for for every one person saying, "Yeah, but Kirk will be fine," I think I feel now like it's 200 saying, "Oh no, he's not fine." And when when's the last time it's been the last time it was that way was in 2013 when Christian Ponder was the quarterback, right? Yeah. Like where where Correct. you're basically what they 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 lose in Detroit, they lose in Chicago, and then they lost to Cleveland at home. They lost to Brian Hoyer at home. And by that time, and then they tried they mm. kicked the tires on Castle, and it's like, oh, this sucks too. And <laughs> and the whole fan base is like, the whole fan base is like, okay, there's literally nothing to be excited about, and. And back then, right, like the thing to be excited about was they're probably going to get a new head coach. And even though we, we do have precedent of Ziggy Will firing a coach hit 10 games into a contract extension, like I, I'm more thinking about it from the perspective of Zimmer and Spielman, which is like, you know, what do you, what do you have to do to actually show good faith here? Because if you go 14 straight games with Cousins, Cousins is not built for this, right? Cousins is not built to play for a team that's that, that's not made, right? He's built to sort of in, be inserted into a team with great weapons, which they don't have, uh, and, and a passable defense, which they don't have. And to me, like, the only thing that keeps this interesting is, okay, 
And, and but at the same time, Cousins is not so bad that they're going to win. I said thir- three and thirteen on the show. I'm being hyperbolic, but they're not bad enough with Cousins to go two and fourteen. They're probably a, f- a five and eleven, four and twelve team, which is going to keep them a safe distance away from the Justin Fields and the Trevor Lawrence's that they need. And they just traded a number two pick for Yannick Ngakwe, which they would probably need to move up to, you know, the number one or two spot to get that quarterback. The the way in which you you, you sort of play the season out is you put Winston in there, and if Winston's is like Winston averaged more yards per attempt last year than Kirk, he led the league in passing yards. If he if he's if if he gives you positivity, now you're dealing with the former number one overall pick. It's kind of like the Sam Bradford thing again. There's a ton of you know I think optimism. If he flames out, then you actually have a chance to go two and fourteen, which is exactly what you want. So I feel wow. like that's like that's part of the solution. I love this, except for one problem: the extension to Kirk, which means it's damn near impossible cap wise to get rid of him after this year. So, so how are we going to? If, but, if you get Winston, how are we going to get around that one? But I think that's a sunk cost, though, right? Because from what I re- understand about this deal, like it's it's. N plus one, right? So if you go with Kirk next year, it's impossible to get rid of him until year three, right? So at some point you have Kirk's deal is such that at some point you're going to eat a dead year unless he makes it all the way to the final end of the deal, which again, the Vikings have shown no commitment to just letting him play out the string, right? This was his last year and they were like, well, I guess we got to, you know, you know, maneuver a little bit so we can sign Michael Pierce. Right. And that's the amazing thing. Like they literally said like, uh, this is the most obvious mulligan ever is like in order to in order to sort of like take money off of the they wanted to clear money for 2020 for a Michael Pierce and just give themselves some breathing room. And so they said, all right, we'll extend Kirk to get some some of that cap relief for 2020 to give us a better chance to compete in 2020 with some free agents and keep him around for another year or two of guarantees. It's like if you knew Michael Pierce is going to just opt out, you would have just let Kirk Cousins play out the string like. You know, and go find a different interior defensive lineman. So bad, bad luck sort of plays into the whole thing too. But the Vikings ultimately were the ones that decided to give him sixty plus million additional guaranteed. They're they're going to have to eat a year on Cousins unless he makes it out to year right. So either they make that decision now and take the take it in twenty twenty one, which is probably not so bad if they're playing a rookie quarterback. Like the teams that are smart with their money, generally speaking, pair a veteran contract with a rookie contract. So you look in Cleveland. Miles Garrett's making a ton of money. Baker Mayfield's not. You look in, um, you know, some of the, you know the teams that have you know or that draft like so in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo makes a ton of money, but Nick Bosa doesn't. You know, so at premium positions, you generally speaking want one guy making a lot of money and one guy on a rookie deal. In Minnesota, it's going to be kind of shifted there because it's going to be like dead money Kirk with you know uh, low money uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, so, but it, it I think. It, it still makes some sense because, you know, ultimately speaking, like all the teams except for like one or two in recent years have had a quarterback on a rookie deal uh, or a Tom Brady deal and, and have won the Super Bowl. So you bring up the thing that drives me as a sports fan slash follower the most crazy, and that's this. And you are dead on right about Kirk. As the pressure starts to subside because your team sucks, he gets better. So what drives me crazy is if you are an athlete who's failing, I want you to fail. You're you're bad. Just be bad. Just um, stay down. Damn yeah, it. just stay. No, but I, but I, if if you give up 
four first period goals, just suck for the last two periods and let's go home. Lose the game, get your draft pick. What drives me nuts here and what this guy is going to do, and I can feel it, I can feel it deep in my bones, (laughs) is this sucker is going to look and say, well, we're, um, we're two and six. Hey. It's Kirk time. Now it's Kirk time. Exactly. And as Collar says, and it's the greatest line, here come the stats. And he's right. Every single time. In fact, you know what? Kirk Cousins is going to be, I put him on for 2020, a really quality overall fantasy league season because those stats are coming. And this is what drives me nuts about it. It's very, it feels very Jaguars-like. And I right? get so Where, mad about this. Like Blake Bortles had a couple good fantasy seasons because the Jaguars but were Eric's always right like down about by this. 20 points. Eric's right about this. He's not bad enough to just be like, we're 3-13. and 13. He's going to give you, we were calling them Herculean efforts. Uh, he, he's going to. He's going to give you some like fourth quarters that are really going to drive up your fantasy. He's like, I think their schedule's hard enough where there's no gimmies, but like there's going to be like a game or two at the end of the year. So like it might, it kind of feels like the the 2010 season where like you, you go three and three down the stretch, if, you know, it, and then you kind of play it safe with Frazier and McNabb the next year. And it's like, at least they drafted Ponder. So it's not a completely close comparison, but it's like, that's what I worry about. If they start, you know, one and seven or you know two and eight, and then they finish like three and two down the stretch or something, and people are like, "Oh, I saw a lot of positivity." You can convince yourself that some of the rookies, Justin Jefferson, might have you know do well down the stretch. Some of those corners, you know, you might see Ezra Cleveland at left tackle, and you can sort of convince yourself that that everything's good. When in reality, the same fundamental issues will still be in place. I mean, right now. To win with defense in the NFL, you need to draft well, you need to sign good free agents, and you need to coach well. The Vikings have one of those. And moving forward, like, they're, it's still, like, and I think this, this speaks to your point against Winston, which is just let Zimmer's philosophy be exposed and for what it's worth and move on because it's an antiquated philosophy. It relies on luck, for example, the 2015 draft and how well they did there. Um, and that's just not simply going to happen to the Vikings in all likelihood over the next few years. So let it play its course, get a, a offensive minded coach tank again, then get a high draft pick quarterback. I just see that the, the Winston process just gets the Vikings so much quicker to, to the truth. Uh, you know, whether, whether it's two and 14 or whether it's, Seven and nine, but hey, look, Jameis is actually pretty good in this offense type of thing. You know what's funny, though, about Jameis is if Mike Zimmer got annoyed by the recklessness, quote-unquote, of Case Keenum three years ago, what is yeah. going to happen when Jameis Winston pulls a five-interception game or something Gary in this hypothetical? Week eight. <laughs> Gary Kubiak don't would you, walk don't away. You think, though, don't you think, though, that if Zimmer – so here's the thing. I'm not completely shut down on Zimmer being the coach of this team for – five more years, but he has to evolve, right? And part of that evolution would have to be to tolerate the high variance that comes with most quarterbacks. I mean, aside from Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, even like Drew Brees was terrible last night. Like almost every quarterback in the league that has talent has, you know, clunker games. Zimmer, Zimmer's wishes of having a quarterback who sort of gets him on the green every single game, I think is a farce. That guy just doesn't have a very good driver. Uh, and and you know the Bridgewater was the closest approximation to it, but even now we see how limited Teddy is. Yeah. So here's the this is the big thing that I, that that I have been wrestling and fighting with Vikings fans about. Not only right now, I think more people are open to this discussion now with Kirk Cousins, but even like a year ago and two years ago, when 
I was open to the Kirk Cousins idea, if not praising it, when they signed him three years ago. Because, listen, like, I don't think Keenum's the guy. Teddy Bridgewater needs more time, and this is a win-now situation. Now, Lamar Jackson was available in the draft, and in retrospect, that would have been an amazing decision. But I, I'm not going to rip them for the initial signing of Kirk Cousins. But once we saw him play for a season, and you got to see the same things that Washington fans said, my question became, okay, when the opportunity presents itself, what's the risk of moving on from Kirk Cousins? And I think there's this feeling because you because because you know what you have with this Vikings team and with Kirk Cousins up to this point, and it's like it's comfortability. You know that he's going to be able to th- like he's competent. He's going to throw for four thousand yards. He's accurate. He can throw deep balls. Like he's not going to go out there and be Christian Ponder on a week to week basis anyway. He's going to give you those performances, but over the course of a season, he's going to give you a competent fairly well-measured season, and that's that's very comfortable place to be in if you're a fan or an organization. And I've always sort of challenged and said, well, people are viewing it as like, well, if you're going to move off Cousins, you better know what's behind door number two. Like, it's a huge risk. And I say, well, there's a reason why Kirk Cousins was available in the first place. Ryan Fitzpatrick's always available. Nick Foles is always available. Like, there's there's that second and James, third tier. James cost the Saints a million bucks. Correct. Cam Newton was Cam available. Newton. Right. Yeah. So, like, there's... There's always a, a door number two of that sort of second, third tier class. To me, Eric, the risk is in in an historic quarterback draft in 2021. If this pans out the way that we think, is and even like Tanner Morgan might wind up being a guy that gets drafted like in the first round. Like there's guys available for for rookie contracts that could change your franchise. It is much, much more of a risk to go into that draft and not be open-minded to finding your 10-year guy than it is to to let Kirk Cousins go. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. A rookie... So the Vikings are in dire straits from a salary cap perspective in many ways. I know they can get around it, and the salary cap is fake for any one deal, but the collection of deals, the salary cap is not fake. And take a look... So. I, I get what you're saying, and and it's it's it highlights the different objective functions between Zimmer and Spielman. Who I hate to say this, but for guys like them, the 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 goal is 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 preservation more than anything, right? And that's going to lead them to act differently than a fan of the Vikings who's been following the team for 50, 60 years and have seen no Super Bowl champions, right? The objective function was different for Andy Reid, who was year after year after year in the playoffs four NFC title games you know got the Kansas City Chiefs to back-to-back AFC West titles for the first time in their history he had a Hall of Fame career when he went and in 2016 tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch and failed and then in 2017 traded up gave up the Tredavious White pick who's a great corner to go up and get Patrick Mahomes his objective function was to win the Super Bowl yes and and because, again, when you look at Kansas City, they went from being a team under Marty Schottenheimer, perennially good, but not good enough to win the big one. And they took a swing on, this is going to make you laugh, Elvis Gerbach, after they took a swing on Montana, never made it, bottomed out, got back to being good. But again, eventually, and I was at a Chiefs playoff game when they lost and the fans were upset and they were a 12-4 and team. It's never good enough unless you win the Super Bowl. And there's, there are people who understand that, like Andy Reid, and they take swings. And if, they, and he, if he would have swung at Paxton Lynch, he would have missed, and he would have been fine with it because the process was good. Takes a swing at Patrick Mahomes. Two years later, he's a Super Bowl champion, and that fan base is finally satisfied. This Vikings fan base it was never going to be satisfied with what Kirk could give them. 
10 and 6. He went on the road and beat a 13 and 3 team. That's amazing. That's a great accomplishment. Still not good enough. And nor, think, by the way, nor should it be. This franchise should it be. This franchise for 50 years has been good, not great. Deserves a Super Bowl. What's the blueprint to win a Super Bowl? And if it hurts Kirk Cousins' feelings, I don't give a rip. But let's talk about but but the problem is is if you want to begin the process, the process that Reed began with is also what? Longtime offensive coach who is adapt yep. who who to use Eric's word is adaptable and saw where the league was trending. The problem with before we even open up the door a process with the Vikings, your problem is this. That coach was hired to win based on what? Defense. Entirely defense. Quarterbacks, I've said this before, I'll say it again, in his world are necessary evils. Just give him one, and and hopefully that works. Spielman, um, ponder, huge strike. Teddy, too bad. But the fact is that Rick, in his time as being in charge of the 53-man personnel of the Vikings, has never been able to find some bad luck, some bad picks, a quarterback. So before we even can get to, hey, what's the process here? The people trying to execute the process probably aren't the right people to win a Super Bowl. Are they good enough to win games? Absolutely. Division titles? Absolutely. But Reed had gotten to the point, too, where he had been doing this so long, had evolved offensively, and saw, you know what? Alex Smith is pretty damn good. And guess what he's never going to do? Win a Super Bowl. So, so the so this actually has to start with the Wilfs, I think, not with Rick or Mike, because the Wilfs have to identify who is the guy who, when he does start the process, is starting it right. And the Vikings just right now, as far as if we're talking about ultimately a Lombardi Trophy, they're just not there. The the Chiefs went from 1993 until 2018 and won one playoff game the entire time, and it was because. That was the only game during that stretch where they had the better quarterback. They had Alex Smith, and the Houston Texans had Brian Hoyer. Every single other game, it was Alex Smith versus Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith versus Tom Brady, Alex Smith versus Andrew Luck. And if you, like, and that's the thing, like, you know, the the Vikings got lucky in the Superdome because they had the worst quarterback and still won the game. Generally speaking, that's not going to happen. And the only way that that happens is if you get one of those elite guys. And generally speaking, I mean, when's the When's the last free agent, big name free agent quarterback that has worked out long term for a team was Drew Brees, and that was 15 years ago. You know, you just don't get him that way. And 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 so, you know, and and when you go ahead and draft a quarterback, it affords you so many flexibilities. The Chiefs signed Sammy Watkins to a three year, forty eight million dollars. He made Sammy Watkins made more money than Stephon Diggs the last three years, and he's their number three. Like that, it's such a luxury. They can trade a first round pick for Frank Clark. They can go get Tyron Matthew and it doesn't kill them because their quarterback is, is drastically right. underpaid but, for the production. But Eric, that but Eric and the Vikings have to skimp everywhere else. But I, so I am Vikings fan and I'm saying, but Eric, you brought up Christian Ponder. What if they, what if they move on from cousins and they draft another Ponder and it's a whiff. And my answer to that is, well, that's what, that's what happens. But He's going to make $30 million less so you can bolster the roster around him because he's not making $33 million. And guess what? As horse crap as Christian Ponder was, the Vikings won the division and went 10 and 6 with him. And, like, you know, they got, they didn't win a playoff game, but like, you know, because they were able to build the roster around him. And so it's, it's, it's literally the same result at the end of the day, but I'd take the upside of that guy working out and turning into potentially a, 
Another, you know, if Dante Culpepper, for instance, is the last guy that that resembles a long-term franchise quarterback here. It's been 15 years. There's a there's a media member in that in in you guys' market that famously said it's this isn't Detroit. This isn't Detroit. This <laughs> you you have yeah, the Vikings at this point have been good, not great for so many years. The goal is not to get to ten and six. You can get to ten and six with anybody. It, it's the goal is to win the Super Bowl. And if you go ten years of being terrible to try to get to that goal, does anybody in 2009 did anybody care that the Vikings were mostly terrible from 2001 to 2008? No. Because eventually that that path led you to the you know to being on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. No one cares about the, those those intermediate years. I mean, yeah. it's like you know you guys talk about the Twins. Like the White Sox were good what one year in that in the aughts decade, and they won the World Series that year. No one gives a crap about the other years, right? And and Twins fans are all disappointed uh, about all the years where they couldn't even win a playoff game despite being pretty good. Yeah, because they wouldn't trade for Cliff Lee in 2010. Yeah, yeah, they didn't I mean, want to give the, up make, Brian Dunsing. Yeah, but, make the aggressive move. But but you're right. Executives and coaches ordinarily think, but if we're good, we won't get fired. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not not how how can I potentially sell out to win a championship? But I don't blame Vikings fans one bit. I mean, this is look. Cousins was brought here for one reason to be the final cherry on top to win a Super Bowl. He wasn't brought here to be good and, you know, you can make playoffs. He was brought here because coming off of the 13-3 uh, and three 2017 season, they identified Keenum as a potential weak link and said, who's the best quarterback that we can possibly get? Not to continue to just be good, but to win a Super Bowl. And they're not going to come close. Yep. It's hey, not going to come close. Real, real quick the, here. Oh, go ahead, no, the, Eric, go ahead. The... And and again, fans think this way because people in football think this way, and it's no more apparent. You saw it in in L.A. this weekend. The Chargers had the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes, and when they got the ball in overtime, punted on fourth and one, and, and people asked Anthony Lynn, well, why did you do that? He said, it gave us the best chance to extend the game. Not to win the game, to but to stay game. in the game. Amazing. And when you think about people's incentives in this league, they are different than ours. Gosh, it's amazing. Well, um, if you want to read Eric's full article, pff.com, we suggest becoming a member and uh, getting some of the goodies that you can find the grades. But this has been great. I mean, these are the types of discussions that I think fans and the Vikings should be having. Like, take a long look in the mirror and really figure out what what, you want a Super Bowl. What is it really going to take to get you to a Super Bowl? So, Eric, we appreciate you as always, man. We'll, We'll talk again soon. See you later, man. Good stuff. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's keep it here. We'll say goodbye to Eric. And coming up here in a second, Anthony Barr is out for the year. So we have to to touch on just how impactful that's going to be for the Vikings defense. But a quick shout-out here, Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been standing behind business owners since 1904 in the state of Minnesota. Based in Owatonna, they're one of us. What the hey? Uh, When you need Federated and you need trusted resources and peace of mind as a business owner, they are here to help you with a face-to-face relationship. And at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, they also have uh, a Twitter account that that passes out value on a regular basis to its followers, Federated INS, at Federated INS on Twitter. Remember, at Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Also remember, the Corona Hard Seltzer Ultimate Home Tailgate Party. We're giving away a 65-inch TCL TV with a soundbar, $200 worth of Grunhofer's Meats, and $100 to MGM Wine and Spirits for you to, I don't know, go buy some Corona Hard Seltzer. You can enter very easily for free. You download the free Score North app, S-K-O-R North. It's free in the Apple and the Google Play stores. If you already have it, just open it. Make sure your name and email are registered, and then click on the Listener Rewards 
link in the top right corner, and boom, you can have a chance to win the Corona Hard Seltzer Ultimate Home Tailgate Party. Anthony Barr, Daniel Hunter's out. We don't know how long. Anthony Barr, the highest-paid non-quarterback on the team, is now out for the season with a torn pec. Yep. So um, how do you think that impacts the Vikings' defense, which has already been terrible through the first two weeks? Well, I, I think the initial inclination of most fans will be to say, well, who cares? I didn't basically see him for two games. but or it's, for two years. Uh, but it's a big deal because you you are uh, already pretty shorthanded at linebacker. I think they're going to have to promote one from the practice squad or sign a guy off the street. Look, to me, it's just another sign from the football gods. It's not going to be your year, so accept it. I, I'm just I'm so at peace with what they've looked so bad and they've lost more guys, and and I wouldn't bring Hunter back for as long as possible. He's got a neck problem, okay? So let's take it seriously, which I think they will. Barr is out now. These are all signs to me that it's really just time to say, I'm going to play the young guys as much as possible. Yeah. And, and Phil, I agreed with your point uh, from the show earlier that you don't want to ruin the Dantzlers or Gladneys completely by by exposing them consistently to defeat and, and also being beaten by receivers. But I think if you take the right tone and conversation and use this as a year for them to get beat and learn and make decisions, Holton Hill, Mike Hughes, Dantzler, Gladney, right? Coyle. Nina Ryder, Gronland. I think if you use this in the right way and you don't melt down on players and you don't lash out, but yet you develop them, that's what this year is about. I mean, is that I'm it, really it, there? Is that what Mike Zim, Mike Zimmer signed a contract ex- extension? And obviously, when 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 you're an NFL head coach and someone offers you millions to remain an NFL head coach, you sign the you sign sign the damn deal. Mm-hmm. But is that what he signed up for? Did you think Mike Zimmer signed up? To, to sit here in a, in a transition year at best. This is a transition year at best now because yeah. at, at worst it's a train wreck Yep, and it gets people fired. Yep. But at best it's a transition year. I think I would be concerned whether Mike Zimmer is 100% in on that process or not, which he went through in 2014 with this team. I would be most concerned that you're going to have a bunch of rookies mm-hmm. with no off-season workouts, nothing, and other teams have this problem too, but like specifically to the Vikings, you're going to have some cornerbacks that are highly skilled and talented, and Ezra Cleveland's going to come in at some point, and other players. Yeah, start Sunday for me at, at guard, right and guard, they're con- or left guard. And you're not reporting that, by no, the way. No, but he would start what, Sunday. I would say I, I said he would start Sunday for me. just want to clarify. If I were the coach. Um, that those players' confidence is going to be shot to hell because it's just like, not a great environment in 2020 to be thrown into that fire. But the Vikings might not but have But Zimmer caused this. He He's clearly the the one that didn't go out and, and try and get Spielman to pursue veteran cornerbacks, right? Like Mike, Mike bit this off and clearly thought that it could work, and it's not. So develop them. Because we do go back to the one thing, unless he is just unwilling to do it, and if that's the case, you've got a problem. But the one thing that we can rely on is that it can take some time, but Mike Zimmer can develop corners, right? So develop them, learn. And now if he comes to me and says, bleep this, I'm not going to do this, then you've got a problem. But I really, I think if you're going to take the positive from what we've seen from these first two games, which have largely been non-competitive ass-kicking games, if you're the Vikings, towards you, you have to say, what can we get from this? And that's de- development. And look, you might win game, you might start to win some games. I don't know, but you set this in motion, and, and the loss of uh, Hunter and Barr certainly hurts. But you set 
personnel-wise, a lot of this in motion yourself. So work with it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, and I would much rather see now Hughes, Dantzler, <laughs> Gladney all develop than I would say, well, let's now sign veteran guys at 0-2 and forget them. Because yeah. they, they are in 2021. Guess what? They're going to be really important players again. Final verdict on Eric Eager's take. Would you guys float uh, a mid-round pick for Jameis Winston? The Vi- I would. The Vikings would God, never would do so it. Much fun. The Vikings would never do it, but I love his thought process, which is Winston is either going to completely sink you, which I love the thought of, or he's going to pleasantly lift you up, and if that's the case, you found something. Also worth noting, okay, half of his interceptions came in three games. So you just you take those three games and you flush them. Odds are better he's You're going to lose three games because he's going to throw four picks. But what if he just sinks you? That's the key. Because Cousins isn't. Cousins is. Kirk's problem is is he's on the Titanic, and there is one lifeboat left, and he's going to grab that sucker and pad his stats. <laughs> and everyone else is going to die. And he's going to grab that lifeboat and jump in and sail away and throw his touchdowns. I mean, that's what's going to happen. When the pressure is off, this guy's going to have some great games because there's no pressure, well, and he's going to start good, chucking. Well, Kirk's a good, you know, a veteran guy that is. Oh, okay. Kirk's a Kirk's a. Well, Kirk's a good, you know, a veteran. He's, guy a, he's, that, a, he's a guy I know. That, that Duck and Goff, he's he's a, he's a good he's a good producer. He's around. He's got, okay. He's, he's a guy. He's around. You guys, he is, he is a, here. Kirk is a necessary evil in Mike's world. He's nothing more. <laughs> Quarterbacks, so. man. But once Teddy broke Zim's heart. It was over. He's the spurn dude that we all know. Somebody's never okay. dealing. Somebody sent me a great with meme quarterbacks for this. again. Somebody sent me a great meme. My buddy, uh, my buddy Mike Trudell, who's who's been covering the Lakers out in Los Angeles for like twelve years, but he's from here. He's a big Vikings fan. So we text about the Vikings. I don't know if I can read this whole thing on here. It's it, it's more of a visual, but um, so it's got it's got the pictures of the Vikings like last six quarterbacks. And it's got like oh. a description of them. Have you seen this? Yes. It's on my Instagram story right now. So it's uh, it's Brett Favre and it says, Brett Favre is the cougar mom mm-hmm. who let you do things other girls wouldn't. Ooh. But accidentally, uh, you know, I, I won't read the rest of this. Just like a little fling. A little fling that All you right. had. Okay? okay. All right. Christian Ponder was uh, the eight out of ten that you thought was uh, pretty good looking until you found out that she... Couldn't drool and or that couldn't read and drooled a bit, which is great. Teddy Bridgewater was the high school sweetheart who died on prom night. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Oh, that's so true in Zimmer's world. Sam Bradford was another fling. Case Keenum was uh, the better than you expected one night stand that you couldn't quite commit to. Story of my life. And Kirk Cousins is the inevitable divorce that costs you half your money and your youth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's it's not unfor- that far. It's off. unfortunate, man. Yeah. So that is well. There's there's so many other things we're going to get into this week. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into. I can't really see it all the way, but that's that's some of it. Unfortunately, what I try to get the photo up on the screen, but but it, I think it, we should it, just it, keep it, it off. It's too long. It's too long. It's too long, and it's a little, it's a little inappropriate. inappropriate. Just a little spice, too spicy. Yeah. Uh, we're we're PG here. Okay. PG here, purple. Right. Daily, but yeah, but, but we got to get into throughout the rest of the week on Purple Daily. Um, just other discussions off this, including is it really time to put your energy into playing 15 rookies and tanking for Trevor? Like, let's do a deep dive into that this week. There's actually mock drafts out there already with the 0-2 teams that, yep. that show you, like, 
who would draft who at this point and where they would be in the order. And uh, what is the probability of the Vikings just bouncing back? Like, could they just bounce back this season? So we'll talk about all those things the rest of the week on Purple Daily. We appreciate everyone who has been listening and uh, and downloading our podcast, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, and the people who have clicked subscribe on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We saw record numbers for Vikings Ventline on Sunday. It helps when the Vikings are just a disaster, and we're here as your therapists. But that's a wrap on this episode, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.